1: When I walk into the commissioner's office, I don't realize that this assignment's going to make a flower hater out of me. A sunflower almost has me pushing up daisies. Commissioner. Ruth said you had an assignment for me. I do, Steve. Your plane leaves for South America in one hour. South America? Pretty hot down there this time of year, isn't it? Not as hot as it'll be after you get down there. Well, send me off to get shot at on a note of gaiety, I always say. Okay, what's the deal? Here's the deal, Steve. This country right here on the map. Yeah. Yeah, I might have known. What do you mean? I read the newspapers, too, you know. Then you know the background of the deal. Pretty much. That particular country's on the fence politically. There's an election coming up next week. The party in power is democratic and friendly to us. The minority party is fascist and not friendly to us. Right. Last night, Borrego, head of the minority party, was murdered. What? And what's worse, the man they suspect of murdering Borrego is an American named Hartley. Oh, fine. Has he been arrested? No, he's in hiding somewhere in that country. It's a mess, Steve. If Hartley did kill Borrego... The resulting tension and anti-U.S. propaganda will be enough to switch the election over into the hands of a hostile minority. Yeah. Hey, look, you say if Hartley killed Borrego, I kind of get the idea that you think the whole deal might be a frame, do you? I don't think anything, Steve. I'm sending you down there to do my thinking for me. Well, just one think, Commissioner. You take it. What's that? Suppose it isn't a frame. Suppose Hartley really did kill Borrego. In that case, Steve, we're licked. We haven't a leg to stand on. But that's just what you've got to find out one way or another. Get down there, Steve, and do anything that's necessary to get to the bottom of this whole rotten mess. Well, that's it. You've got your assignment? Yeah, 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 I know. Good luck, man. Good luck to you, too.
0: The National Broadcasting Company is presenting Dangerous Assignment starring Brian Donlevy in the role of Steve Mitchell, colorful, two-fisted government agent. At all those places of the world where danger and intrigue walk hand in hand, there you will find Steve Mitchell on another dangerous assignment.
1: Sure, I've got my assignment. Fly down to a Latin American country and find a murder suspect named Hartley. Then prove that the charge against him is just a frame to swing an election. And all of this, of course, in the face of the few characters from an opposing team who'll be trying, no doubt, to take me out of the ball game for keeps. It's Friday when my plane lands at the capital city. I always figure if you don't know where else to start, start at the top. So I head for the office of the Prime Minister, a worried gent named Valdez. Uh, it is a bad situation, Senor Mitchell. An incident this serious could easily. Be enough to start a landslide that would carry the fascists into power in the election. Yeah, that dead man, Borrego. Suppose you tell me a little about him. Well, it is my secret belief that uh, he had almost outlived his usefulness to his party. His reputation had become so bad. But now, of course, it is quite different. Sure, now he's a big, fat martyr, huh? Precisely. One of the newspapers here in the city is controlled by Borrego's party, and they, of course, are busy convincing everyone that Borrego was the greatest man who ever lived. Well, I guess that's all I need to know about Borrego, but what about this murder suspect, Hartley? Where does he fit into the picture? That is the mystifying part, Senor Mitchell. Hartley has lived in this country for several years. He represents a group of American financial interests here, uh, what you might call a lobbyist. I don't suppose you'd have any idea where Hartley is hiding, Senor Valdez? Not this lie, Senor. Unfortunately, the fact that he is hiding looks somewhat bad for him. Uh, Come in.
2: Ah, the great man himself, working tirelessly behind his desk uh, to lead our country into slavery.
1: Good afternoon, Senor Ortig.
2: I see that our powerful northern neighbors have lost no time in sending one of their agents down here. Senor
1: Ortig is editor of one of our newspapers, Senor Mitchell. Three guesses, which one? Hmm.
2: And you have issued the necessary orders to the so-called head of our government, Senor Steve Mitchell. Look, Ortig. Senor
1: Ortic, your insolence is by now familiar to me, but I must ask you, if you intend to converse with us, that you observe the common courtesies. One does not speak with the
2: mouth full. Mm. <laughs> see, you are right. You see, Senor Steve Mitchell, being but a poor ignorant citizen, I'm not familiar with some of the refinements of life. Oh, brother... But, um uh, here, perhaps the two of you will share my simple food, huh? Senor Valdez? No, gracias. Senor Mitchell? I go and I have plenty in this paper bag. Plenty of what? Sunflower seeds. Sunflower seeds? Sí. An excellent nerve tonic. I suspect your nerves could use a tonic at present, eh, Senor Mitchell? Hey, what do I have to be nervous about? Hey, <laughs> I see you are an excellent bluffer, eh, senor? Look, I'm just down here to see that this Hartley guy gets a fair shake. Indeed? What kind of, um, as you say, fair shake do you think a murderer deserves, huh? Eh? Murderer? You know, uh, I must be
1: behind the times. Last I heard the trial hadn't been held. And if Hartley is not guilty, why is he hiding? That's a good question, Ortega. Here's another. Any particular motive for Hartley to
2: kill Borrego? But of course... I see you have not read my paper today. I tell all there. Suppose you tell all here. Very well. We have done the best of authority. That Hartley went to the leader of our party, Borego, with a most treacherous proposal. Oh, what was it? Simply that Borego sell our party out to the American imperialists Hartley represented. Naturally, Borego refused.
1: Hartley killed him. Sounds real simple to hear you tell it. But there's just one thing wrong with it. Your party isn't in power. How could Borrego, as its leader, be in a position to make any deals of the kind you
2: describe? You forget that after next week, my party will be in power. That is to be decided by election, Ortic. A foregone conclusion, Valdez. You seem pretty sure of yourself.
1: I suppose you've already got a job picked out for yourself in the new model state.
2: Sure, director of... I'd be most happy to serve in whatever capacity I can.
1: You better not cut your sunflower seeds before they're hatched, Ortig.
2: And you, senor, I'd better not count on accomplishing anything by this tree. Oh? Hartley is guilty. He'll be captured sooner or later, and no amount of this whitewashing by you and Valdez can change that. Ortig, I warn you. Rest assured I will give the nature of your mission wide publicity, Mitchell. Now, look, I. Yeah, I see you do not want publicity, eh? then I shall be more delighted than ever to give it to you.
1: Senor Ortig, I am certain we have nothing more to say to
2: each other. Eh, perhaps you are right, Senor Valdez, the time for talk is past. If I cannot persuade either of you to share my sunflower seeds, I'll leave. Sunflower
1: seeds. Let's see, they use those in chicken feed, don't they?
2: What do you mean by that?
1: Nothing, nothing at all. I'll see you later, Ortig.
2: Indeed you will.
1: Well... An old-time showman in the States once said he didn't care what they wrote about him as long as they spelled his name right. I guess that goes for me, except I hope they spelled the name of my hotel right, too. But I thought you did not want any publicity. I just let Orteg think that so he'd be sure to give me plenty. Ah, I understand. If this Hartley, wherever he is, should read in the paper who and where you are, he may try to contact you. That's about the size of it. Well, I'll be getting along. The best of luck to you, Senor Mitchell. But please remember, from this moment on... You are entirely on your own. On that note of good cheer, I leave Valdez's office and start walking along the sidewalk back to my hotel. It's dark now, and then I notice a figure walking along the sidewalk on the other side of the street, parallel to me and a little behind me. Just a hunch, but I speed up a little. So does he. Then I slow down. He follows suit. I'm sure he's following me. Suddenly, I turn down a side street. I hear scurrying steps behind me. Then, suddenly ahead of me, I see another figure. It's a trap. An alley opens up to my right. I dive into it. The slugs rustle my eyebrows. Then it's quiet. I wait a minute. Then, ease out of the alley. No one in sight. I turn the corner, and there's a figure in the doorway. I jump him.
3: Let go of me. Just
1: stand still, Buster. I said let go of me. That the same gun you were popping Uh, away at me with a minute ago?
2: I'll take it. There, You have made a mistake, Senor Mitchell.
1: I've made a mistake, but you know my name, huh? Don't give me that. I know your name because I have been following you. That's what I mean.
2: But I am not one of those who shouted you a moment ago. Now, look, you expect me to believe that you didn't shoot... Mitchell, I do not feel obligated to prove what I say to you. And yet, if you will kindly place my gun under your nose and smell of it, you will see that it has not been fired recently. (laughs)
3: Well,
2: no,
1: it hasn't. Look, if you didn't take that shot at me, who did? Two men were following you. They ran off before I could get to the scene. Who are you, and how come you know my name? I'm Alfred Goya, chief of police. Why? Precisely. And now may I have my gun back? Why, yeah, but I still don't see why you are following me. To warn you, senor Mitchell, I know who you are and why you are here. Oh, you want me to keep hands off, huh? You could not have stated it more clearly. I guess that sort of tips me as to which camp you're in. You're mistaken again, senor. I am in neither camp. Then what is your angle in this deal? My angle, as you call it, is quite simple. Politics is not my business, but law enforcement is. I have the best police force in South America. At present, we are engaged in the search for a fugitive from justice. Hartley? Hartley. I do not intend to let anything or anyone interfere with that search, Senor Mitchell. And by anyone, I mean chiefly you. Well, you've made yourself pretty clear, Goya. What happens if I uh, sort of get in your way somewhere along the line?
2: My policemen are quite zealous, Senor Mitchell. And the penalty for obstructing justice is quite severe. Need I say more? (laughs)
1: He doesn't have to say any more. I've got the picture in this deal. I've got no friends at all. Ortega and his paper are out to cut my throat. Valdez can't lift a finger to help me and now Goya tells me that he'd be happy to steamroller me out of his way. I go back to my hotel. The papers are out by now with a story about me, so I wait in my room a couple of hours on the chance that Hartley might contact me. But nothing happens. Finally, I give up and I go down to the bar for a drink. Down at the other end of the bar sits a dark-eyed lovely and At least that's where she is the first time I look. The next time I look, she's right beside me. Hello. Hi.
4: I have been talking to myself. Oh, yeah? See, I say to myself, there he is drinking alone. Here am I, drinking alone. But why we don't drink together?
1: Well, why don't we indeed?
4: Now I ask myself questions.
1: (laughs) Say, you've got something going on all the time, haven't you?
4: I say, Dolores, what is this boy's name?
1: What does Dolores say?
4: Oh, you don't get it, honey. I am Dolores. Oh,
1: really? (laughs) ha. Steve Mitchell's mind, Dolores.
4: See, I thought so, but I had to be sure.
1: What?
4: I must talk to you about Jack.
1: Jack? Who's Jack? And how did he get into the act?
4: Jack Hartley. Hartley? See, I am his girl. We read about you in the paper and knew you were our one chance. I did not dare telephone your room. The police might be listening in. So I came here to the bar and waited. Hoping that sooner or later you would get thirsty.
1: Well, for once, my thirst paid off. You uh, know where Hartley is?
4: Oh, see, I've been hiding him in my apartment. You come quickly, huh? There is no time to lose.
1: That's the apartment house up ahead?
4: Ah, see. Hey. What is it? Bunch
1: of guys coming out the front entrance. Oh, police! Yeah, and they've got a guy in the middle.
3: Jack, oh Jack. That's Hartley. See Oh, great. Oh, we are too late. Look, look.
1: I'm leave. going down to the police headquarters and see if they let me talk to him, Dolores. I'll check with you later. <gasps> I find Goyer in his office. With him is the editor, ortigue smirking happily through a face full of sunflower seeds.
2: John, so, Senor Mitchell. Your uh, trip down to our country was quite in vain, eh? Too bad, too bad. Well,
1: try not to cry, Ortigue. What is it you wish, Senor Mitchell? I'd like to talk to Hartley, or maybe you'd rather I didn't, huh? I see no reason why
2: you should not. Come, I will take you to his cell.
3: Hmm.
2: Okay. One moment. Senor Ortig, where are you going? Hmm? Oh, you, I, I thought I would go to the cell with I you. I see or... no reason for that. Ah, oh, but it was... You have told... already interviewed the prisoner. I have given you such facts as I possess. There is no need for you to accompany, Senor Mitchell.
1: As you say, Goya. I'm sorry, chum. Thanks for getting repulsive off my neck, Goya. Hartley's cell is the one at the end. Uh, one thing maybe you wouldn't mind telling me, huh? And what is that? You and your boys did a good job of finding Hartley and locking him up. Did it ever occur to you this whole deal might be a frame? Who can say? Well, what if you found out it was? Then I should work equally hard to free Hartley. You intend to do anything about finding out? There is the cell, Senor Mitchell. You may have five minutes alone with a prisoner. Hello, Hartley. Who are you? Steve Mitchell, government agent from the States. Oh? What do you want? Look, you probably know the deal better than I do. There's an election coming up here next week. The minority part wants to win. They also want to discredit the United States. So they take a U.S. citizen, you, and rig a frame on you. Frame? They charge you with the murder of their party leader, Borrego. Now, if you can just give me some idea who might be in on it... Uh, suddenly... Mitchell, uh, yeah? you're wasting your time. What do you mean? It's no frame. They're right. I really did kill Borrego. <laughs>
0: for Jubilee on NBC. Tomorrow on most NBC stations, listen for the premiere of Pete Kelly's Blues. Pete Kelly. He lived the fast life of a Prohibition musician when Kansas City was the heart that beat the tempo of the Roaring Twenties. His trademark was a Boston three-star cornet. His big year was 1922. You'll step into his world when you hear radio's newest dramatic half-hour, Pete Kelly's Blues, beginning tomorrow on most NBC stations. Hear it? You'll like it. (laughs) now, back to Dangerous Assignment, and Brian Don as Steve Mitchell.
3: Let
1: me have that again, Hartley. You heard me right the first time, Mitchell. I killed Borrego, so they caught up with me. Like I say, you're wasting your time. Why did you kill him? I wanted to cut Borrego in on a big business deal. If his party won the election, it would have meant well, about two million pesos to split. But he didn't see it my way and threatened to make trouble for me. You mean the story at Ortigran ran and his lousy paper was true? Yeah. Oh, no, I don't know. I just can't seem to believe... Hey, wait a minute. Huh? Come over here. Now, yeah, what's the matter? I want to look at you under the light. Hey! What are you doing lifting my eyelids? Just want to see something. Huh. huh. Pupils normal. Look, I haven't been drugged, if that's what you mean. You Sure. I ought to know. Hartley, I don't know if you realize what this killing could mean. A possible split between this country and ours. The beginning of a new fascist movement. Brother, you couldn't have done a better job of selling us down the river if you tried. Will you lay off the sermon? I got troubles enough without you. Okay, okay. I'll be seeing you, Hartley. Yeah? Why? That's a good question. If I can think of an answer, I'll be back. Guard leads me out of Hartley's cell and I start down the corridor, wondering what I'm going to do. Then I spot a little gent massaging the floor with a broom. I get an idea. Senor, huh?
5: excuse me, please. Under your feet, I can sweep.
1: Oh, you uh, work here?
5: Uh... Eh, benito, senor. <laughs> You're most polite to put it the way you do. What do you mean? But I work here. See, si, see. Si, for six months' sentence. Oh. I'm what you call a trustee. They let me wander around with a broom. Why did
1: you get sent here, Benito? Can you beat this? For making the flowery speech. Flowery speech? Oh, you mean political? Romantical. Huh? See, si? I say like this, I say, Oh,
5: senorita, you are the most beautiful, the most wonderful one of all of
1: them. Will you marry me? You mean they put you in jail for that? How about that, huh? I don't get it. What's wrong with that?
5: I make the speech six times. Each time the senorita, she say,
1: See? Si? Well, I still don't see what's wrong. Each time, senor, was a different senorita. Oh, brother, what a glutton for punishment. Hey, uh, look, Bluebeard, I need a little information. Sure, senor. That prisoner down at the end cell. You mean Hartley? What about him? Has there been any rough stuff used on him? Oh, you mean uh, they've been pushing him around? Yeah. No. You see anybody go in that cell with a hypodermic needle? No, senor. This is real important, Benito, so I hope you're sure about it. But
5: I am, senor. I've been right here in the corridor ever since they bring Senor Hartley in.
1: Okay, Benito. Thanks.
3: <laughs>
1: oh, look, Dolores. Crying about Hartley is not going to help. I just don't see what else I can do.
3: I know, Senor
4: Mitchell. You have been most kind to all you have. It is just I cannot seem to believe it. And yet I guess from the first, I knew. Why did he hide? I kept
3: asking myself.
1: Yeah, yeah, I know. Well, I've done a little checking before coming over here, and I guess in addition to his confession, they've got a pretty good case against him. Oh. He was seen entering Borrego's house ten minutes before the killing, and he came out running after the shots were heard. That's funny, though.
4: Senor?
1: Oh, nothing. Just a feeling in the pit of my stomach.
4: Why, well, I, I do not understand. I'm wondering
1: if I've overlooked anything.
4: What would it be? Search
1: me, it's just that there's something about this deal that doesn't quite sit right with me.
4: Oh, Senor Mitchell, do you think there is any chance at all that, that he could be innocent?
1: I don't know. Right now it looks real doubtful, Dolores, so don't get your hopes up. Oh. But I just happen to think of one place I haven't looked for any new leads. Where is that? His apartment. Come on. Come
4: <laughs> on. Jack's apartment, Senor Mitchell. The door on the
1: right. Okay, maybe I can get the manager to let us in. And hey, wait a minute, the door is ajar.
2: Well, well, come in, Senor Mitchell. Come in. Huh?
1: My old friend, the chief of police. Indeed, Senorita.
4: Senor Goya.
1: Little surprised to see you here, Goya. May I ask why? I thought you had all the case and evidence you needed against Hartley. That you everything was all set. It isn't possible that you think the deal could still be a frame, is it? As I told you before, I'm interested only in seeing justice done, Senor Mitchell. So am I, Goya. That's why I came here. See if I could turn up anything in the way of a lead. But if you've already gone over the place... I arrived only a moment before you, Senor. I see.
4: But what is it you are looking for, Steven?
1: There you've got me, Dolores. I don't know. I'm just checking the tables, the uh, drawers, the uh, ashtrays, the rug. What is it, Mitchell?
2: What did you pick up off the rug?
1: Goya, did you come here alone? See. Si. Has anyone else been here since Hartley went into hiding? No, senor. The room has been kept locked and under guard at my order. Why? Thanks. Where are you going, senor? See you later. Why'd you come back here, Mitchell? I told you you were wasting your time. Yeah, and you almost had me convinced, Hartley. I don't get you. It's all beginning to fall into place, finally. What are you talking about? It could go together this way, Hartley. Borrego is leader of the fascist party, but he's outlived his usefulness, so why not get rid of him in such a way that the cause of the party will be furthered, kill two birds with one stone? I don't know what this is all about, but you just let me finish, so what the party needs is a fall guy. You. Me? Get out of here, Mitchell. You're not making sense. No? No. You kill Borrego. The party gets you off the hook. Borrego is the only one of those guys I knew. This had nothing to do with. Take a look at this, Hartley. What is it? A little gray and white husk or something. It's the shell of a sunflower seed, and I found it in your apartment. Sunflower seed? Yeah. You know someone who's always stuffing them into his big fat face, and so do I. Ortigue, the editor of the fascist newspaper. Look, Mitchell. Know how that adds up to me? Ortigue was in your apartment cooking up this whole deal with you. That's a lie. You take the rap for them and they get you off. Was that it? No. You're a real keen patriotic kid, Hartley. Get out of here. Okay, I will, but first just let me leave a cheerful little thought with you. Yeah, what is it? You think you've been pretty smart in this deal, but actually... You're the world's prize sucker. Yeah, okay, you've said you're sane, I'll get Execution out. Execution in this country is by firing squad, isn't it? What did dig tell you? That he had connections who'd make sure there were blank cartridges in the gun? Shut up and get out of here. You know, from the look on your face, I'd say that was the gag, all right. Blank cartridges in the firing squad gun. You through now? Sure, I'm leaving. And there's something to remember me by. You really think your beloved party boys want somebody left alive who knows as much about the deal as you do? What do you mean by that? You really think those are gonna be blank cartridges? Uh, Mitchell, I... So long, Hartley. I leave him looking very thoughtful and slightly scared. I don't know how much of the deal I've got figured out right, but from his reactions, I've hit the main points on the nose. I also don't know how much of a dent I've made in him. But I do know this is my only chance. I give him a couple of hours to think things over, and then... I innocently suggest to Dolores that she pay him a visit to cheer him up. I wait outside the jail, and pretty soon she comes out in a hurry. I follow her to a hotel and catch up with her just as she's entering the lobby. Just a minute, Dolores.
4: What? Oh, Stephen.
1: Come on, let's have it. What? Come on, come on, quit stalling.
4: But I don't know what you are talking about.
1: I arranged for you to pay a visit to Hartley in his cell so he'd have a chance to give it to you. Give what? A confession.
4: Steve, I don't understand.
1: Look. Hartley is now afraid the boys are going to sell him out. So what's the logical thing for him to do? Write a confession of the whole deal and smuggle it out of the jail. That's insurance for him.
4: He gave me no such document, Look, Steve.
1: you want to help him, don't you? You
4: know I do, but I'm telling you the truth. He gave me no such document. But I'd have
1: sworn he would have. Don't tell me I've figured this whole deal wrong and...
4: What is the matter, Steve?
1: Uh, skip it. I'll see you around. <laughs> What stopped me all of a sudden is a guy outside on the sidewalk, beckoning to me through the lobby window. I go out and follow him into the alley. It's Benito, the little jail trustee with a broom, only right now. Instead of a broom, he's holding a piece of paper.
5: Here, yeah. this is for you, senor. Hartley asked me to deliver. I was able to get a ride in the laundry truck. Hartley says it's very important. Goodbye, I got to go now.
1: Benito melts away into the shadows by the flame from my cigarette lighter. I read the letter, and all of a sudden, everything falls into place. But too late, because right then something else falls into place, too. A gun barrel in my ribs.
4: Such a nasty letter, Stephen.
1: Well, you know the old saying, Dolores. Eavesdroppers always hear ill of themselves. I guess that also applies to reading letters over other people's shoulders.
4: Fortunate for me that only you have read the letter, Stephen.
1: It sure is. It says that you killed Borrego and sugared Hartley into taking the rap, telling him he'd be taken care of.
4: He would have been, too.
1: Sure, by the firing squad with real bullets. That shuts his mouth. Your party is rid of Borrego and rides into power on a wave of anti-U.S. feeling.
4: You analyze our plan very well. And I must thank you for mentioning the possibility of Hartley writing such a letter as this, Stephen. Otherwise, I might not have known about it. But when I saw the little man beckoning to you through the window, I followed.
1: Yeah, you can chalk that bloomer up to me, all right. When I sent you to see Hartley, I figured he'd give you the letter, but naturally he wouldn't.
4: Well, all of that does not matter now, Steve. I'm afraid it must be goodbye for you.
1: Uh, just a minute, Dolores.
4: What did he Stand still, Steve. You uh,
1: can't get away with this, you know.
4: No, and why not?
1: That little guy who brought me this letter. But what
4: about him? He left.
1: No, no, that's uh, where you're wrong. He's still around in the shadows right near here.
4: Stephen, really, you can do better than that.
1: Jerry's really a policeman, special police, one of Goya's oh. men.
4: Stephen, really? We
1: rigged that act in the lobby window to draw you out here in the alley. We figured you might start shooting in the hotel and somebody would get hurt. You
4: have quite an imagination, Steve. Uh, that right hand of yours, I see you bringing it up slowly. Stop it.
1: Better drop the gun, Dolores. Like I tell you, Benito is standing right over there in the shadows, and he's got you covered. The
4: oldest bluff in the world. No bluff, senorita. Hey, he is there. What in the world? Thanks work? for turning your head, baby. Too late. I'll take the gun now. Thanks. You tricked me. Yeah,
1: yeah, so I did as it turned out. But believe me, it was as big a surprise to me as it was to you. What? You were
5: just bluffing.
1: I sure was. Uh,
5: senor Mitchell, are you all right?
1: Yeah, Benito. Thanks to a big assist from you. You'll be interested in knowing that I just passed you off as one of Goya's special police. Indeed. That makes you a quick thinker, senor. Yeah, I told Dolores you rigged that act in the lobby window to draw her outside so nobody would get hurt. See, si, very quick thinker. Also, slightly psychic. Psychic? See, si. That is why I lure her outside. Wait a minute. Who are you? You just said it. One of Goya's special police. Oh, brother. Now I've seen everything.
5: <laughs> you see, Goya, like yourself, suspected a frame. I was stationed at the jail. When Hartley loses his nerve and wrote the confession, we know that we are right. But we needed to catch a senorita also. And now we have caught her. Oh, looks
1: like Goya deserves a lot
5: more credit than I gave him. Uh, He's a good man, senor. Who, incidentally, thinks the same thing about you. Oh? Uh, He is interested in knowing what clue put you on the right path.
1: A sunflower seed in Hartley's apartment. Si, si, that connected Hartley and Ortega. Yeah. That sunflower seed sort of ruined Ortega in his plan, which is quite fitting. He's a pretty seedy character anyway. Oh,
3: say. Thank you.
0: Starring Brian Donlevy as Steve Mitchell with Herb Butterfield as the Commissioner is written by Bob Reif and Adrian John Doe, with music by Robert Armbruster and is produced and directed by Bill Carn. Others in the cast were Bill Conrad, Betty Lou Gerson, Tony Barrett, Paul Freeze, and Bill Johnstone. Be with us again next week at this time when Brian Donlevy, starring in the role of Steve Mitchell, will embark on another dangerous assignment. <laughs>